start today with a series called Stay Positive, and I actually have to apologize to all of you. Um, I have a confession to make as a pastor. Um, so the thing is, whenever you set out to write a sermon uh, or a series, we talk a lot in series, you, um, you have to practice what you preach. And so this series is called Stay Positive. So I just have to get up in front of all of you and admit that the snow is probably my fault <laughs> because I've been tested in my staying positive capabilities through what's just happened over the last couple of days. So feel free on your way out to just kick me. Um, I'm owning that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, this, this really practice what you preach. And uh, it's interesting when you really kind of scale back and take a look at, um, you know, all, all the areas of your life where you're tested in your ability to stay positive and life-giving. Um, we're going to learn a lot over the next four weeks. I, I guarantee you uh, a lot of us would probably say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty positive person. Uh, but if you really start paying attention to some things, man, this world is really out to get you to be negative or to be critical. Um, you know, if you look at everything, the culture loves to build people up and then tear them down. And so you can even see in sports uh, it's just insane the things that get reported in sports uh, as far as like this person. Uh, if you're any kind of sports person, you'll know what I'm saying. But this person recorded this thing in the locker room about this Laker player and all this. Kind of, has nothing to do with sports. And it's like all over our stuff. It's insane, like the negativity that is spewed. And, and don't even get me started on politics. Amen. <laughs> but uh, this, just this negativity, this criticalness. You know, it's one thing to have a critique of something. Uh, critique is okay. Uh, we, we believe in challenging the process and asking questions why we do certain things and, and all that kind of stuff in your life. That's important. But critical, you know, for somebody to have a critique and somebody to be critical are two different things. You don't want to live in a place of, of being critical, and, but it's okay to have a critique. And so uh, it's important for us to just take a look at things. And so Stay Positive is the series that we're coming into. And so yesterday, um, I, I'm not much of a morning person, and I get here pretty early um, and, and, uh, so <laughs> I get everything ready, kind of like a, a chick might do. Um, I, I, I get all my clothes out. I'm actually, actually I'm going to tell my wife and some of you might agree with her. So we have these two young kids. We have a three-year-old and an almost one-year-old and, um, and it's a lot, you know, for her to get everybody here, uh, for church. And so, uh, I say, well, why don't you just do what I do? I get everything out early and everything's all set. Like literally my steps are like in place. And she's like, well, I can't do that. I'm like, well, why? She's like, well, because I can't pick out my clothes the night before. I was like, well, why? Well, I have to see what it fits like that morning. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I didn't know clothes change. Is that true, women? Does that happen? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, I put everything out. I put everything out in advance. And uh, it was just my birthday. And so, as you know, whenever it's your birthday, you get all the, the spam emails to try to get you to come shop. And they give you a coupon. And so we did some shopping. And so this is a new shirt to me. And so my wife, I'm um, getting everything set out. And I'm putting it together. And, uh, and she's like, oh, oh, you're going to wear it like that with that? And I was like, yeah. And so uh, she's kind of questioning it. And, uh, and how many know you should listen to your wife when it comes to fashion? But I don't. And so... Uh, <laughs> And so I, so I put it on, and, and I like look in the mirror, and all of you are judging my outfit right now. That's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but uh, so I go, I was like, see, you know, like it, it, it works. I go, see, I look, I look just like the model on the website. It's fine. It's perfect. And she started hysterically laughing, like you are at me, which, so she's laughing at me. And I'm like, where's the stay positive? And so I invited her to my church this morning, and she's here. I'm hoping she learns. Uh, but so just having fun with it. Uh, and so I, I don't want this to happen. 
I don't want us to get into a place as a church where all of a sudden we become the stay positive police and we're walking around always getting people when they have a negative thing. And so obviously that's just a funny story about whatever. But here's what I also do believe. I also do believe that God still does impart to people. And I do believe that uh, like back in scripture, they would call it a mantle. Like somebody would have a spiritual inheritance or like a mantle placed on them that they carried in their life. And so I, I about this series, I realize it's a spring break and then next week is the comeback of spring break. But I really hope coming out of here for our church that we can leave here with an understanding and an impression from God that God has called us to be life-giving and stay positive and use life and death and the power of our tongues in a way that we give life to things. Amen? The scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we hear that a lot as like, oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to have a better day. I can have the joy, and, and that's my strength. But I would also say it like this. The joy of the Lord is our strength as Christians as like an attribute. It's a strength or a feature that we have as Christians. So one of the attributes or one of the strengths or one of the things in our arsenal as Christians that we can use is our joy. And the reason why I can say it like that is because we do live in a culture that's very negative at times. We live in a culture that loves to uh, backbite and do all these kinds of negativity. And so... Um, we can, as Christians, we can stand out and we can be the light and we can shine differently by what? By using our joy as a strength. Does that make sense? So as much as our joy is for us and for us, to, it's also for us to use in a way that we better our communities through our joy. So I want us to kind of walk in that through this month that we leave here, not as a place where it's doom and gloom and another day and oh, same old but we can leave in a place where this becomes a community of people that, man, that vertical church over there, man, they're just always speaking life. They're always talking positive. They're always just encouraging. Amen? So I want us to kind of walk away with that. Uh, I know this thought. I've heard this said before. Nobody ever has lived a positive life with a negative attitude. Nobody's ever lived a positive life with a negative attitude. You can't live in such a way that everything's bad, everything, nothing's right, and everybody's doing it wrong, and everything is, and you're judging, judge, judge, and you're, you're never going to have a positive result in your life. We need to be a people that look at like how God has called us to live, life-giving, speaking positively, which we'll look at because then you're going to have that type of result. Uh, so I grew up a church kid, and uh, I grew up, I was born in 83, and um, this, so when I was a kid, you went through the era where everything was taken away as a Christian. You didn't do Halloween. You didn't watch Disney because it was the devil. You didn't do anything. And um, I think He-Man was taken away from me because he had power strength. Oh, how many, any Christian kids in here, like stuff got taken away, right? And, uh, and so what's funny now too about my parents, uh, now everything I couldn't do as a kid, they do with their grandkids, I'm like, they call and they're like, hey, can we take Caroline to, I'm like, I don't know, answer that question 15 years ago when you said I couldn't do it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so anyway, I found myself, you know, you, you, you really become your parents. And, uh, and so this week, for the first time ever, I took a show away from my daughter. I have a three-year-old. And, uh, and, and you're going to laugh because it sounds so stupid. Uh, but so this week, uh, I took away the show on Netflix that she watched uh, called My Little Pony. And uh, it sounds like a stupid thing to take away, but if you watch it, um, it's, it was like really negative. They were basically each episode, uh, these little horses or ponies or whatever it were, there's a really catty, like girl type ponies. And they were always battling each other and arguing in, this, in these really bratty scenarios. And then at the end, they'd 
they'd make up, and then they were like all friends again or whatever. And, uh, and so anyway, what we noticed and what I know is that negativity is contagious. You know, that's the truth about negativity, and that's why it's so dangerous is because it's easy to get sucked into negativity. Uh, and so negative is contagious. So what we started to see in our little three-year-old is, ah, oh, man, that was getting to her. So just her responses and her interactions were very kind of bratty. And, and uh, so at first I, you know, pulled Jess aside and I was like, you got to you got to tone down the brattiness in the house. It's really getting, it's really getting on Caroline here. So no one's believing that about her. It's like, oh, I don't think about it. So anyway, so I said, Jess, I don't, this show is, um, I don't think we should. And so anyway, so it was really funny. Caroline was so sweet and she watched a few of them and I said, uh, I was like, hey, I don't think we're going to watch this show anymore. You know, they're kind of mean. And I reflected back a couple things that happened in the episode. We should watch something more fun or whatever. And so it was pretty easy to steer. But then it was really funny because we were in public, and I think we were at Target or whatever. And we're going down the aisles, and there's, like, My Little Pony stuff. And she's, like, letting the world know, like, oh, My Little Pony, they are there, you know, like, going off on them. <laughs> and the other parents are like, well, that little girl's got an opinion about My Little Pony. <laughs> so I don't know if we parent failed or won. I don't know. We'll see. But I do know that negativity is contagious. And I think that, you know, it's easy as a, as a little one to see uh, that, that that stuff you have to guard against. It's important for us as Christians to be guarding. And I'm not saying that we cut out anything of the world and whatever, that is actually the opposite. You know, we should shine the light into the darkness instead of run from the, okay. And so Proverbs 23 alludes to this. There's the end of the scripture. It says, as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Uh, and so in our lives, What's in here and how you let yourself think is how you are. And so a lot of times it's pretty easy when I meet with people or I have, especially as teenage, when I was a youth pastor and teenagers, uh, you know, people would come into my office and they would have these really strong negative opinions about things like, well, I never have friends and uh, I'll never get married because marriage is this. And, like, and they have all these really strong negative opinions of things. And I'm like, well, those things are being produced in your life and you're negative about them because you're negative about them. As you see it in your heart, so it is to you, you know, is what we're seeing here. And so it's really important for us to guard how we think and how we view and how we interact, because what you let in is what you will produce. It will be who you become. Amen. They did a study through Harvard that said, um, I'll just read it to you. They said, when you're exposed to a single negative word more than once each day, it can dramatically alter your brain structure. And some of us could relate to this in this way. Maybe you go to a job and the boss says that same thing that gets you every time in the same way. And now you form this place in your brain. Here he comes. Here she comes. They're going to say that thing. And you just have this bend in your mind now towards this thing. And, uh, and, and so negativity in our life, it actually, I mean, it has psychological effects. Amen. We just know that it can be that one thing and it can, and it can literally steer your life in the way that you think. That's why the scripture said we need to have a renewed mind. We can't let those same old thoughts and all those things control how we think and navigate. There's a story of a grandpa. He, uh, he was sleeping and he had his grandkids with him. So he's sleeping on the couch and his grandkids, and I've never smelled it, but his grandkids, they had some Limburger cheese and it smells terrible from what I'm told. And, uh, and it's just one of those, once it gets in your nose, it doesn't go away type thing. And so they smeared some of that on his mustache. And so he's sleeping. And then, of course, the prank goes. When he wakes up, he sits up and he goes, 
oh, it smells terrible in here. This, this room stinks. And he gets up and he goes into the kitchen and he, this room, this kitchen, it smells awful. And so of course he goes down the hall to escape it. And uh, this hallway stinks, this house stinks. And so he goes outside. Oh, surely I get into the fresh air and he's trying to smell the fresh air and it's stinking. And he says, this whole world stinks. But how many you know, some of us do that. The stink wasn't the world, the stink was on him. And some of us do that same thing. We just go through life. Oh, this thing over here stinks and this over and they stink and that stinks. But really the stink is on you. Amen. Put that on your note on the back of the thing to study that. The stink is on you. And uh, but but, you know, that is so true about our life. We're so quick to look at what every everything else that stinks Instead of going, is there any way that I'm causing this? Is there any possibility that this may be on my life and not somebody else's? And so it's important for us to reflect and take a look at how we stay positive, how we speak life and encouragement. Um, I thought about it like this. Really, you enter a room with two options. You can enter a room in a way that you walk into an atmosphere and you have a scorecard. You're just ready to judge. You're ready to evaluate. You're ready to put everybody in your category. Or you can walk into an atmosphere with pom-poms and a megaphone. And you walk in and you're ready to just encourage people and speak life and brighten the room. That's the way that God calls you to live. Amen? So we got to think, hey, when I come in here, what am I bringing to the atmosphere? What am I bringing to this marriage? What am I bringing to this job place? What am I bringing to it? Am I coming in here with my scorecard or am I coming in here ready to, to, to raise the level of this atmosphere and attitude? You know, you've all, many of you have heard me say that we believe around here that people rise or fall to the level of your praise. So if we talk about people at this level, that's what they get to. But if we talk about people up here, that's what they get to. Amen. So that's how we have to enter atmospheres is believing the best about people, encouraging the best about people. I would rather talk about somebody up here and have them fall a little bit short than judge them and keep them down here and make sure that they stay there. Amen. I thought about it like this. They say that um, people learn nine times faster through encouragement. People learn nine times faster through encouragement. And so I began to think about it. We have a one-year-old and, uh, and so he's learning lots of things right now. And so we're teaching him to blow a kiss and to actually do a kiss. And, uh, and so all these things, when we teach him, I don't go get Charlie and go like, all right, it's time for you to learn to how to blow a kiss. Come over here and you're going to do this. And I'm not like real stern. What we do is we all turn into weirdos. <laughs> Jess and I were at, you know, at the couch or whatever, and we're all you know, doing all this stuff. We're being real positive and encouraging and fun. And the funny thing about Charlie is everything we've taught him, anything he's learned, of course, when they do it, you do what? You applaud, you clap, you're so happy and encouraging. So now anytime he does anything we ask of him, he claps for himself at the end of it. So he gives you a kiss and claps for himself. Why? Because we understand that that's how we should be raising people up, encouraging them and speaking life. We get it at that age. Why don't we get it later? That as we grow people in Christ, as the church grows people, the church should be coming alongside the world and cheering for them and applauding them and telling them they can do it. Somebody say amen. The lost and sinners and our kids and all of these, we, we shouldn't come judging and striking and spewing scripture and, and putting them back down at their place here. We should come like Jesus did and walk alongside them and speak life into them. I realize that there's a time where you have to, you know, uh, tell the truth and, and be stern, and, and Jesus did that. But he also did this. We also have this scripture that says, hey, 
It's one thing you can preach sermons and speak in tongues and give prophecy. You can do all those things, but if you don't have love, it's just a clinging symbol. If you don't know how to really encourage and love and connect, then you're just really annoying is what the end of it is. And so they even said about the disciple, how will we know that you're one of a Christ follower? Well, I'll tell you how. It's, it's by how we love one another. It's not by how we get one another and put them in their place and teach them. And, no, it's about how we love and speak positive and stay positive and encourage one another. Amen? I'll close with this. The scripture in Hebrews, I didn't bring it for the screen, but I threw it in here. Hebrews 3.13 in the NIV version. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So I love, again, the redundancy is this. Encourage one another daily. As long as your day is called today, then you should be encouraging one another. Why? Because it says when we encourage one another, it helps us to, from falling into sin. Do you know that literally by us being positive and being encouraging and being there for one another and cheering each other on, do you know that you can literally help people from falling into sin? Or we could judge people and cast them aside and reject them and encourage them on their way to sin. Amen? We've all been there. You get, you get harshly treated or you get judged or you, and it makes you want to do what? Run. Or we could be people that are this. Daily, I'm going to encourage Daily, I'm going to come alongside you and tell you you're good enough. You're worth it. You can make it. God's got a great plan for you. And then that helps pull people in, in away from the ditch of sin. Amen? That's what we need to be. That's the type of people God is calling us to be. David understood the power of encouragement and staying positive. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. It was a, it was a, discipline that David had about his life is he was the type of person who, who he just went out of his way to make sure he was stayed up and encouraged and positive in the things of God. Because negativity, it gets you nowhere. It gets you nowhere. Jesus speaks in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So you speak good, you have good in your heart, you're intentional about being positive and life-giving, that's what comes out. But if you let yourself hold on to negativity and pain and frustration and hurt and you don't deal with those things, well, I was hurt and I can hold on to this. Well, I'm sorry that you're hurt and we all get hurt, but you can't hold on to it because a negative attitude will never produce a positive life. And so it's important for us to rid ourselves of that. Let's make sure our heart is in a good place because then good comes back out. Have you ever heard the saying that hurt people hurt people? That's what it's talking about. You've left things in you that then causes us to turn and hurt others. So we gotta rid ourselves of these things that are holding us back from life-giving relationships and life-giving atmospheres, amen? It's where your heart is, is what matters. Some people could say, my cup is running over. God is blessing me. But some people, you know, oh, my cup's overflowing. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. My cup's overflowing. It's going to be a problem. I got all this blessing everywhere. Uh, no, we have to have this mindset. We're so blessed. We're so grateful. We're so appreciative. We're staying positive about everything. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. 27 
It says, whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. And I'd say it like this. The truth is you will find whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for negativity in something, you're gonna find it. If you're looking for the worst in people, you'll certainly find it. If you're looking for doom and gloom, you're gonna find it. But if you're looking for good, you will find favor in looking for good. When you're looking for positive and speaking life, you'll find that in people. We have to train ourselves to be people who look for the best and believe the best in others, amen?